Kia ora and welcome to this episode of The Amateur Austenite. I am Frances Duncan, an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand. My returning guest today is Raywin. Kia ora. And we are going to be discussing Letter 39 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. Letter 39, Lady Susan to Mrs. Johnson, Upper Seymour Street. My dear Alicia, I yield to the necessity which parts us. Under such circumstances, you could not act otherwise. Our friendship cannot be impaired by it. And in happier times, when your situation is as independent as mine, it will unite us again in the same intimacy as ever. For this I impatiently wait, and meanwhile can safely assure you that I never was more at ease or better satisfied with myself and everything about me than at the present hour. Your husband I abhor, Reginald I despise, and I am secure of never seeing either again. Have I not reason to rejoice? Mannering is more devoted to me than ever, and were he at liberty, I doubt if I could resist even matrimony offered by him. This event, if his wife live with you, it may be in your power to hasten. The violence of her feelings, which must wear her out, may be easily kept in irritation. I rely on your friendship for this. I am now satisfied that I never could have brought myself to marry Reginald, and I'm equally determined that Frederica never shall. Tomorrow I shall fetch her from Churchill and let Maria Mannering tremble for the consequence. Frederica shall be Sir James's wife before she quits my house. She may whimper, and the Vernons may storm. I regard them not. I am tired of submitting my will to the caprices of others, of resigning my own judgment and deference to those to whom I owe no duty and for whom I feel no respect. I have given up too much, have been too easily worked on, but Frederica shall now find the difference. Adieu, dearest of friends. May the next gouty attack be more favourable. And may you always regard me as unalterably yours, S. Vernon. I am so thrilled that you have invited me back to do another Lady Susan letter. This is absolute classic Lady Susan. I just love the way she is framing her point of reference for everything that's come about and just stabbing everyone kind of in the back. The mechanisms may have been put in place so she can't do a lot of things in person but she is gonna use what she has behind the scenes she's kind of an optimist i think the way that she's gone you know what this all turned out pretty great because i don't want to see these assholes anymore i get that your situation kind of sucks but you know what in future your husband's gonna die and we can hang out again it'll be great I just really love that she takes the long-term view of it. That little comment about the next gouty attack be more favourable. The whole concept of marriage has such a completely different point of reference. It can only end by death. She's hoping for two deaths in this letter, so two marriages will end. <laughs> yep, absolutely. For her convenience. So, uh, I suppose we could say she's got a good amount of resilience, Lady mm. Susan. She does. She bounces back positive outlook and she makes the most of her situations. I thought she wasn't allowed to correspond with Mrs. Johnson. It had been forbidden. This is her last letter. Is it another little act of defiance, do we think? No, I understand her doing a final letter. Because she says, I yield to the necessity which parts us. Mm -hmm. Under these circumstances, you could not act otherwise. Basically, you shouldn't have to go to the country because of your stupid husband. I completely understand us not being able to communicate for the present. But when he dies, we're going to pick up again. You are still my dearest friend and I am unalterably yours, even in this separation. 
whatever you think of these two women, the strength of their friendship is very definitely there. And I'd love to have a friend to say, look, don't worry about it. I don't feel badly towards you for picking your husband. But when he does die, I know that we're going to be just as tight again. <laughs> you could read murder into this because I like to read murder into things. But I think that is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I think so. Because um, when your situation is in, as independent as mine, may the next gouty attack be more favorable. But I don't think you can fake gout. And then it's... Mrs. Mannering trying to get her to die. But all she says is keeping her irritated. Wear her out. That's how you hasten her death, rather than actively trying to murder her. This is the one thing I didn't understand so much with the with the Mannerings, was what's actually happened in the relationship between Mannering and his wife following the discovery or the, the revealing of the affair. So in the last letter, Mrs. Johnson tells her that the Mannerings are to part. Based on Lady Susan's letter, she says if he was at liberty, I might marry him, implying that they're not getting divorced. Divorce is a possibility during this period. It's a big deal. Something like only five a year were granted, and it had to be an act of parliament to end a marriage and one does happen in Jane Austen's literature there is one in Mansfield Park if you recall so it seems like they are separating to live separate lives but not get divorced and that seems to be more like sending them off to the country and doing that kind of thing is what would happen instead of the divorce isn't it yeah except in this case Mrs Mannering is going back to her foster father Mr Johnson because I think in the last letter, Mrs. Johnson does say that she frets so much about him, perhaps she will, she may not live long. Is that just puffery, or is did people really die of their nerves and things back in the day? Not having the medical advances that we do, it's possible that they thought that it was something like that. But it could be the because she's neglecting her health in other ways, it does cause that. I guess whether it is or it isn't, the fact that they even just saying, well, you know, keep poking at her and keep the irritation up. So if she were to die, it would be no bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, they say that people can die of a broken heart. Like, that's still a concept that people talk about. And I remember one of my great aunts and uncles, they died not long apart. One of them died and the other followed not long after. And they're like, yes, they died of a broken heart. But maybe it's a you give up, so you stop caring for yourself as you should but yeah high levels of stress also not good for you and they didn't have the same medicine and food so they wouldn't have necessarily been as robustly healthy as we are these days but I guess it's just more wishful thinking more than anything isn't it because I think Lady Susan she's she's counting down her options in here it's like you know stuff regional he ain't an option there's this bit where he she talks about she could marry Mannering but the reason I think that they were I thought he had no money put the money so well Mannering is is married obviously so he can't marry her but but even if he were free to he would have his wife's money this is the thing there's a whole big legal contract that gets drawn up when someone gets married about how their dowry is going to sit whether it's going to sit in a trust for them separately or whether their husband has complete control over it. Because remember, women can't really own anything themselves to a certain extent. Which is one of the reasons that people tried to marry young 
areas is by eloping with them because then the proper contracts aren't drawn up and you have complete control over their money. Ah, I never understood that. That's really interesting. Yeah, so one of our um, fathers of New Zealand uh, did this. He kidnapped, eloped with a young girl, took her from school and tried to marry her to get her money. My goodness. I know. Eventually, I think her uncle sent someone to rescue her. I'd never thought about it like that before. I thought the eloping was more romantic, but that makes sense. So it's kind of like the prenups of the modern era. Yeah, because you still you had fortune hunters, men who did not have money and wanted to marry someone who had money. And that marriage would give them, so as soon as the, the father got knocked off or sick or died, he'd have it all. Potentially, but it does depend what was drawn up in the marriage contracts. Right. So, assumably, she might have an allowance. Is that so? If he married someone with an allowance, he'd get access to that straight away. No, no, she would have a dowry. So they talk about Langford, which is potentially the estate that she owns. They could be renting it. She potentially has an estate and a certain amount of money coming in every year from that estate. Because why then does she say? And maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Mannering is more devoted to me than ever, and were we at liberty, I doubt if I could resist even matrimony offered by him. So why isn't she saying, gee, if he was free, I'd, I suppose it's language, isn't it? I'd jump at that at first chance. Well, I think she's still reluctant to be married again. I doubt I could resist. She's like, I really like this guy's great. I, I like him, you know. But he's still not her equal, and I'm not sure she's capable of seeing men oh. as equals. She's into him, but is it enough to want to marry him? Is that because once you're married, the roles change, the powers change? Yeah, I mean, you see that even now when people marry who've been together for years. Sometimes they get married and then they break up not long after. Although whether that's because they thought they should get married to save the relationship or whether the marriage changed the relationship, I don't know. I guess too, it's that I don't want to change it. Mannering is more devoted to me than ever. So it's like, I'm onto a good thing now. Why would I... Yeah. Want to with that. yeah. Why would you change it? You've got what you want to a certain extent. And I love that she, and I don't know if love is the right word, but she has not let go of the Friedrika business. There's going to be some punishing happening for what she has been put through. I have a plan and I'm going to pursue it. So Maria Mannering is mm-hmm. the one who was wanting to marry Sue James. Yeah. So the fact, so what she's going to do is she's going to go back and try and close the deal that she tried to start off at the beginning. Yep. Basically getting a piece out of everybody. So I'm not going to be happy. No one else is going to be happy. And they should just watch out for themselves. I had this plan. It's what's going to happen. Screw Mariah Mannering. Screw Frederica. And screw the Vernons. She's going to marry Sir James so I can have access to his money. And she is off my hands. Yeah. I'm tired of submitting my will to the caprices of others, resigning my own judgment and deference to those I owe no duty and for whom I feel no respect. Mm-hmm. Did she, though? Did she ever really submit her will? She played a few games, for sure, with Reginald, but she pretended to be so terribly biddable. Oh, yeah, sending Sir James away. Was that just saving face? Because she didn't change her plan, did she? No, it was a mechanism. I love that. I just, I just too passionate. She just really can't stand those people. And she is all about how to get, you know, given everything that lasted 
<laughs> you know, may the next gouty attack be more favourable. People we hold in contempt, stuff them. It's all good. But I love too that she, there is something in that that really speaks of the friendship between the two women. It's like, yeah, she's having a good spit and she's having a good rant really. And But it's like, don't worry, darling, we'll always be friends and may that friendship be hastened on by the demise of people that get in the way. <laughs> well, the letter opens and closes basically with, we're really good friends and I hope your husband dies. <laughs> that pretty much sums the whole thing <laughs> I don't know what that says about me that I really enjoy it, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've been worried about myself the entire time reading Lady Susan because I'm like, she's so bad. Why do I like it so much? This should be worrying. The funny thing is, like, if you think about anti-heroes or villains that you grow to love right so then obviously flawed people i know this is completely out of context but it's like loki in the marvel comments there's something about loki like he's an absolute villain a lot of the times but there's just so many bits about him that you want to love he's got redeeming features i don't know that lady susan has those redeeming features it doesn't feel like a story arc to to improvement it's just like a story arc of dogged determination to (laughs) come out on top I don't think there's anything particularly lovable about it. Why is it, Frances, do you think, that we like her so much? I think because she is a woman who understands her power. And she's not in a very powerful situation. And I mean, often women are not in a very powerful situation, but she's yielding what power she has. And even though she's despicable, you kind of want to stand up and cheer. Yeah, she's taken on the big dogs. And it's doing pretty well. I mean, it's interesting. Like, it looks like she's kind of being kicked to the curb by all the people in power. But she's showing she's still got moves. She's still got options. And that's the millions. I really admire that in a person. You know, when things all go, you haven't got much to start off with and things look grim. Well, you've still got options. What options have you got? And, you know, and when you've got nothing else, you can hope other people uh, get it worse. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds very Lady Susan. (laughs) Indeed. I feel like that's a good place to finish. And this has been our discussion of letter 39 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. I'm Frances Duncan. This has been Raywin. Links are in the notes. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of... The Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa, New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice, heavily Pride-focused merch, too. It's on Redbubble, and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!